a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. You're listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I hope that you are so ready for Christmas. It is here, and it is time to celebrate Jesus as the reason for the season. I'm so thankful for Jesus that he came, that he lived, that he died, that he rose again, that he is our redeemer, our deliverer, our soon-coming king. We talked about that last week in our program. We're going to continue to talk about that this week because Jesus truly is worth unwrapping. He truly is worth celebrating. He truly is everything that we need for life and godliness. And we need to remember that even right now, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is praying for you and me. He is going to come back to get us. And one day, very soon, we will be home in heaven with him. And all glory to God as we think about God's sovereignty, providence, and plan to orchestrate not only the events of our lives so that we encounter grace, but to orchestrate the events of all of creation so that we can be redeemed. And Bethany, I just want to welcome you to the program today as we we think about Jesus and as we prepare our hearts to be intentional this Christmas season. Yeah, because we've talked about this before, you know, holidays just get absolutely insane and it's easy for us to get so lost in the different responsibilities and gifts to buy and holiday parties to go to and all of that stuff that we can just absolutely lose our focus and not pay attention to what Christmas is, is really all about. And that's Jesus. That's right. Well, you mentioned about gift giving and I, I love to both give and get mm-hmm. gifts. I don't know if that's shallow for me to admit, but I, I do so. love to get a good gift. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm like a little kid on Christmas morning, except that at this point now, I pretty much do my own gift purchasing. Oh, really? I do. Jay and I have decided that that's just best for me to go and to purchase my gift. And I have purchased a few of my gifts and I keep wearing them. And I'm like, I've got to like wrap them up and put them under the tree. Yeah. But I do have a couple of gifts under the tree that I'm not quite sure what they are. So the anticipation of that is just growing as Christmas morning will be approaching. (laughs) But I'm curious, like usually people fall into one of three categories whenever it comes to purchasing gifts. There are those who do it really early in the season and Mm -hmm. by December 1st, everything is purchased. And then there's the other extreme, which is Christmas Eve. They're out in the (laughs) stores trying to find out what's left and what will work. And then there's this like middle ground where you have a plan and you just kind of, you know, as you move through December, you you make sure you purchase a few things every couple of days so it's not overwhelming. And I think that our approach to gift purchasing tells a lot about our personality. <laughs> now, I haven't developed like a Myers-Briggs, you know, or anything like that yeah. about it, but I do think our personalities are represented in how we purchase gifts. So tell me, how do you do it? I'm the middle of the road person. I'm the one that moves kind of throughout the month. I have a list on my phone, probably starting somewhere around November. I'll, I'll start to put a list together. And then throughout the month of December, I'm slowly kind of picking things up. But I I think the closest I'll cut it is maybe like December 20th, like five, five days before maybe is like my cutoff date where I'm like, 
I'm not going out and b- trying to brave the, the stores. I'm not doing it. I'm not trying to, to get through that. Well, I remember one year I planned ahead and I purchased most of my gifts prior to December. And I was so excited and so proud of myself yeah. because that's so contrary to my <laughs> typical personality, which can be a little bit more last minute. But what happened, Bethany, is that I purchased all those gifts and then I got the gift purchasing bug uh, towards the end of <laughs> December and I purchased 10 times more. So we had a great Christmas, but my husband's like, what is happening? I'm like, I don't know. I can't stop, you know? And he's like, well, you have to stop. And so it's so fun. It's Christmas really is a fun time. And Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we recognize that, you know, God is so good and he gives us opportunities to connect with him and to connect with others and to create meaningful moments, whether that's in the gift giving or the gift purchasing or the gift wrapping or in a brunch or, you know, just fun time to get with friends and to have a coffee. We want to make sure that we seize all of those moments. But all of that has to be on the foundation of Jesus. And that's what we want to talk about today is building a strong foundation when it comes to celebrating Jesus, not only at Christmas, but throughout our days. So we're looking at Luke chapter two, which is just a beautiful passage of the account of Jesus's birth. And in this gospel, we see kind of a play by play. And we talked a little bit about a couple of points last week. So I want to bring those into this conversation so that we can move the story forward. We see that Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem because there was a census that was being taken. And that census was um, God's goodness to have Mary and Joseph in the right place at the right time to accomplish his right purposes, which reminds us of his sovereignty, his providence and his plan and how he's always in control. And they were there. And because a census was being taken in Bethlehem, there were extra people, extra activities, Activities, extra need, which led to this crowding in Bethlehem. And so there was no room in the inn. So they went and they found a cave. They found a barn-like structure. And that's where Jesus was born. You know, and I'm sure for Mary, she's probably going, what's going on down here, right? <laughs> I mean, like I'm a young woman in a cave-like structure giving birth to the king. And so we just want to say, wow, she had a lot going on. Well, and when you think about it, you know, Mary gave up a lot. She didn't have a wedding day. She didn't have the whole town coming around to celebrate her marrying Joseph. And she didn't have her family there, you know, to celebrate her firstborn son. Nobody really recognized it in that moment, at least, you know, until later in the story. But she, I'm sure, didn't have the the support maybe that she thought she might. I wonder just how much of a mental kind of shift she had to do in her thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not only did Mary have to do a mental shift in her thinking, I'm sure Joseph did Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, we see that in scripture that this wasn't their plan, but yet they embraced it. And I think that that's so practical for us when we think about our journeys here on this earth. You know what? We're not going to know the plan. We're not going to understand the plan. We may not even see the full significance of the plan. But as we surrender, we simply trust and obey. Mm -hmm. We see that God goes before us and he prepares the way. As the gospel account continues, we see that Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem, that there's a census going on, which led to a lack of room. And so we saw in our program last week that we have to make room for Christ in Christmas, you know, that there are going to be extra people. There are going to be extra activities. There are going to be extra needs. And if we're not careful, we'll just try to survive Christmas and miss the whole reason for the season. And so we want to be intentional about that. The shepherds were out in the field. They were tending their flocks and an angel appeared to them and delivered life altering news. And the angel said, today in the town of David, a savior has been born. And then the angel says to the shepherds, you should go and see 
this newborn king. And the way they were going to know who Jesus was, was by knowing that he was wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. We talked about the importance of understanding that Jesus was and is the very first and best Christmas Mm -hmm. gift and how we need to unwrap him every single day. We tend to compartmentalize our lives. I know I've shared about that tendency in my time here on Truth on the Go with Andrea Lennon. I like to keep everything neat. I like to keep everything in check. I have a box for everything. I have a cubby (laughs) for everything. And that bleeds over into my spiritual walk sometime. And so I think that's why I'm sensitive to this point that Jesus was wrapped in claws and he was lying in a manger. And that picture of unwrapping him as our gift is so practical because we need to see that Jesus came as a baby, yes, in the manger, but he came in order to die on the cross as a man. He rose again. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered disease. He provides the only way for us to have a relationship with God based on his death, burial, and resurrection. He went to the right hand of the Father where he sits right now praying for you and me, and he's coming again. Mm -hmm. And so all of those truths, that's who Jesus is. And we need to unwrap that every single day and that will give us hope. That will give us peace. That will give us power in the midst of our circumstances, which can be overwhelming. And so we want to unwrap that. We want to unwrap Jesus as our redeemer, which is our salvation. We want to unwrap Jesus as our deliverer, which is our sanctification. And we want to unwrap Jesus as our soon coming king, which is our glorification. And in that process of seeing Jesus as our redeemer, our deliverer, and our soon coming king, you know what happens? We are able to see that no matter how uncertain our life is, Jesus and God are the same yesterday, today, and forever. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennonministry.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. So we're back and we're looking at Luke chapter two, the very first Christmas story, and we're celebrating that Jesus is the reason for the season. And we are talking about being intentional in celebrating Jesus this Christmas season. And you know what? It's crazy that we have to talk about that. It's almost like, you know, talking about how we would make our particular birthday about ourselves. It's it's just that crazy. Of course, we naturally do that on our birthdays. We think about where I want to go to eat, what I want to receive, what I want to do. And so we need to take that thought and put it over the context of Christmas. This is Jesus's birthday. This is his day. And so we have to get ourselves out of the way and what we want and what we're going to do and really think about how we can lift Jesus up. And so we see in scripture really practical ways to do that. One, make room for Christ in Christmas Two, unwrap Jesus, that very first Christmas gift, seeing him as our redeemer, our deliverer, our soon coming king. And then the third one is that we are going to see that the angel proclaimed to the shepherds what Jesus is all about, who he is, and that is that he is our peace. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor 
rest. You know, in my book, On the Road with Ruth, I talk about this concept that I think is so transformational for us, and that is this particular thought. Peace is not the absence of problems. Rather, it's the presence of God in the midst of those problems. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about Jesus. He came to be our peace. He came to reconcile us to God through his death, burial, and resurrection. He came to be our advocate, to pray for us. He came uh, so that he could prepare the way for the Holy Spirit to come in order to indwell us. Well, and what an amazing witness that we can have during the holiday season when it seems like everything is not peaceful. I mean, if you go to the grocery store, if you're trying to go and do some Christmas shopping last minute, traffic is crazy. I mean, things are just chaotic. And so if you have a sense of peace and if people see that in you, that's just an open door. That's an invitation to share the gospel with people and share. Do you want to know how I have this peace? It's through Jesus. Absolutely. And, you know, we think about peace and what peace represents in our lives. And I have an acronym. Oh, I like acronyms. This is like such a little teacher thing to do, (laughs) but it really helped me because I thought about, you know, this verse 14 where it says, peace on earth, peace to him on whom God's favor rests. And I thought, what does that mean? Like, what does peace look like in the midst of my life? And so I took the word peace and for every letter in that particular word, I thought this is a biblical truth that I want to know, that I want to live and I want to share. And so let's walk through that together. The first letter is P and it really represents about the presence of God in our daily lives. You know, I'm so thankful that Jesus came in order to live, in order to die, in order to rise again so that we can be in relationship with God, so that we can be a part of the family of God. We have the presence of God in our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. We know that Jesus has rescued us from our sin. He has delivered us through just his presence in our daily life, through his work in our life. And so we're never alone. And I'm so thankful for that. And we see that E is talks about everything that we need for life. You know, God's word tells us that through his word, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. And it comes through our knowledge of him. And so we have the opportunity to be more than conquerors because of the work of Jesus on the cross. A stands for absolute truth. And That gives me such peace to know that in God's economy, there is right and wrong. Mm. We live in a world where everything seems to be gray. And I don't want to diminish any kind of particularly difficult or confusing situation that a person is in. But we need to know that God's word has given us what we need in order to navigate our time here on this earth. C stands for the confidence of God. We don't have to be confident in ourselves. We can be confident in who he is and how he works. And the last E and the most important aspect of peace is eternal life. Mm -hmm. And not only eternal life, but also an eternal perspective. So when we think about the presence of God, Whenever we think about how God has given us everything that we need for life, and when we think about that, that leads to an absolute truth, which gives us confidence in our God, which brings us to this point of salvation, which is eternal life and an eternal perspective. We see how we can experience peace right here on earth. And so the angel proclaimed that to the shepherds, peace on earth. And this is peace that we can experience right now. I mean, this is peace for you. This is peace for me. This is peace for the woman whose life is just hectic and crazy. And she is like stretched so thin. She does not know how she's going to survive. This is peace for the woman whose heart is breaking. You know, she's been through loss. She's been through 
difficulty. She's been through trial, and quite honestly, she is worn out. This is peace for the aging woman who doesn't know what life looks like now as she's moving forward. This is peace that is available for all of us. This is peace that comes through the birth of a Savior. This is peace that is real, that is tangible, and it is available for you and for me. This peace affects our homes. It affects our work. It affects our church. It affects our family, our friends, and our very selves. And so we need to realize that when Jesus came, he came for a reason. He came to purchase us. He came to reconcile us to God. And the outcome of that is peace. And we need to walk in that. We need to claim that as our spiritual heritage. Oftentimes, and we've talked about this, Bethany, so many times on the program, we will allow our peace to come from our circumstances. Mm. And it's dangerous. That's a dangerous equation to allow into our lives. Because what happens is whenever life is good, I am good, God is good. And we live on that level Mm. until the bottom falls out and it's going to fall out. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have trouble. So we need to realize that this world comes with difficulty. It comes with trials. It comes with tribulation. And so instead of thinking about when life is good, I'm good. God is good. And when life is bad, I am bad. God is bad. No, we need to recognize that our peace is grounded, not in our circumstances, but rather in our God who sent his one and only son in order to die, to secure our salvation. And in the process of that, he tells us how much he loves us. He shows us how much he loves us. He provides a way for us to experience hope and peace and power and acceptance. You know, and I think at Christmas, that is often the one thing that cries out of our hearts. We want to know that we are loved and that we are valued and that we're wanted. And God loves us. He Mm -hmm. values us and he wants us. I mean, he's a good, good father who has given us everything that we need. And the outcome of that is glory to him, just like the angels proclaimed, and it's peace for us. So the shepherds were pretty excited about this news. I can imagine so. Don't you think they were probably (laughs) like, well, we need to find this newborn king. And so they rushed, they hurried off, and they found Jesus. And what scripture tells us is they found him and the situation just as they had been told. And they had a worship experience there, and they left the newborn king. And scripture goes on to tell us that they told everybody what they had experienced. And I think that's another great point when we think about celebrating Christmas. And we've talked about it, you know, already on this program and on our previous program. Ultimately, the way that we celebrate Jesus is by telling other people about him. Well, and when we are filled with the peace that Jesus provides and when we really embrace kind of your concept of unwrapping Jesus, that illustration that you used, when we really embrace that and walk in that, I mean, we can't help but tell everybody about it. And it kind of I feel like it kind of overflows out of us. You know, I think it's important for us as believers, especially during the Christmas season, to imagine our lives without Christ, Mm. because we would then have a passion. I think to tell others about Christ because he is our peace. He is our hope. He is everything that we need. And so to take that idea, to take, you know, Jesus out of our lives and to imagine trying to navigate our time here on this earth without that hope, without that peace, without that power, without the word of God, without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, I can't even get my mind around it. Like right now, my my heart's beating fast just at the thought of that. But that is the reality that so many people face, whether they are members of our 
our family. Maybe it's coworkers. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's people that we run into at the grocery store. They are celebrating Christmas without even a semblance of an idea about Christ. I'm forgetting who says this quote, but a pastor said that we need to remember that everybody that we come in contact with has a soul. And we need to think about where that soul is going. And we can't afford not to tell people about Jesus, especially this time of year. I feel like when people might be going to church for the first time or going, you know, the one time a year that they do normally go, we need to invite people to church. We need to tell them about Jesus. We can't afford not to. And I think this is a great place for us just to issue a challenge to ourselves as well as to everyone that's listening. What if we had spiritual eyes this Christmas season? Mm -hmm. What if we had spiritual hearts to notice where God was at work in a conversation or in a set of circumstances and to step into that particular situation or that particular conversation with faith and the intention to share the gospel. You know, one way that we can share the gospel is by simply just sharing what Christ has done in our lives. Mm -hmm. We can talk about our life before we met Christ, how we came to know Christ and how our lives have been changed, radically changed because of the gospel. That simple story, knowing our story, owning our story, sharing our story, leveraging our story for the greater story, which is the story of God, that plan of redemption that began before creation and has no end. That is ultimately how we can celebrate Christmas. Yes, we can unwrap gifts. Yes, we can, you know, have parties. Yes, we can enjoy all kinds of wonderful holidays and traditions and meaningful moments, but ultimately making sure that everything drives us to the gospel so that we, like the shepherds, are telling everybody what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've experienced. You know, that reminds me of the epistle of John, 1 John uh, chapter 1, where John is saying that which we have seen, that which we have heard, that which we have experienced, we're passing on to you. And there's something so electric about that passage Mm -hmm. of scripture for me, because it's like it engages all of our senses. We've seen it. We've heard it. We've experienced it. We've touched it. We've received it. Now we are passing that on to you. What about this Christmas season? What if all the things that we've experienced in our personal walks with God, whether we have been following Christ for 50 years or five years, If we said, Lord, leverage that, use that in order to help other people to see the difference that you make in my life. And then we just like the shepherds, we just go and we just tell, (laughs) I mean, with like boldness, but Mm -hmm. also like with a lot of sensitivity, Mm -hmm. knowing that we're going to encounter people who are not experiencing that hope or that peace. And, you know, I just am going to pray towards that end Mm -hmm. and issue a challenge to myself as well as to everyone who's listening. Let's let's be bold with mm-hmm. the gospel of Jesus. Let's not be, you know, like preachy or anything like that, because that's never fun either. <laughs> but really be sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we see at the conclusion of this portion of the story. And that is found in verse 19. And it says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about Mary, a young woman, you know, desperately following the Lord and at the same time finding herself in in situations and circumstances that were difficult and hard and uncomfortable and very much surprising. In the midst of all of that, she surrendered to it and she enjoyed it as much as possible. Scripture says when she treasured, that means that she stored up. And when she pondered, that means that she thought about it and she reflected upon it. And I think that's a great word for us as we 
celebrate Christmas, but also as we move into 2019, that again, we push past that tendency to compartmentalize our lives and that Christmas is just about a particular day or a particular month or a particular season. No, Christmas is about who we are in Christ. Christmas is about everything that matters for life and godliness. And also, you know, it's a good reminder that we have hope in Jesus, not Mm -hmm. just that he came as a baby, but also that he is coming again and we will be with him forever in heaven. So Christmas is a wonderful time. It's a meaningful time. It grounds us in our faith. It grounds us in our life. And we want to make sure that we're very intentional to celebrate Jesus as the real meaning for the Christmas season. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.